Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and a new handle on Twitter for John Helmkamp. It is not at Dynasty Beard anymore. It is, it is at John not. Helmkamp. He is now uh, official. He is interviewing Patrick Mahomes for the Super Bowl. You just can't have a, a handle like that if you're going to be doing those kind of things. John, what's up, dude? How, how are things yeah. going over at Deadspin? And uh, pretty sweet to be talking to Okada's number two ranked Dynasty quarterback. Live <laughs> team. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was incredible. Surreal experience. Um, first question I've ever asked in a press conference, and it was Patrick Mahomes during Super Bowl week. So. That's a pretty. How many times did you misspeak? I how many times did you rehearse your question? Is the real question. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't rehearse it a ton. Like I knew what I was going to ask, but you don't know that you're going to get called on. So you're sitting backstage. It's all Zoom. You do the virtual raise your hand thing, but everyone that's there wants to have a question asked. So everyone there has their hand raised. True. Um, and they just kind of go through and decide. Like there's a moderator that decides who to call on. And they go through a lot of the big names first, and that was just crazy to hear, you know, everybody. You got, like, Peter King is on there, and everyone from NFL is is on there as well. And, you know, like Omar Ruiz and James Palmer and, and everyone. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a really big pond right now. This is crazy. Um, and in Patrick Mahomes, he, he had a 45-minute media spot and it was in minute 40 that I got called on. Mm. And I, I almost <laughs> blacked out. Um, <laughs> I managed to get my question out, and I knew that the whole thing was being recorded. So as soon as I got my question out, I basically stopped listening. I, I was just like, <laughs> I was shell-shocked and completely dazed. I had no idea what he said. I had to go back and listen to it later. Um, <laughs> Drop throws up on his keyboard. <laughs> almost almost i was literally shaking afterwards it, it was it was crazy um but it's been a lot of fun um i also got a question in on um sean murphy bunting the cornerback for the the buccaneers who yep, yep. three three interceptions in the last three games um decent that was really cool yeah he's on a good stretch Wait. and then just listening to everyone else listening to tom brady bruce arians um eric b enemy is incredible by the way miss me with the he doesn't interview well he's like the most well-spoken charismatic guy i've ever heard um so i don't know what that slanderous garbage is about um yeah it's silly but it's been cool it's been a good week so yeah i, I can't be like doing this stuff and then be like yeah go find me on twitter at dynasty beard it's like nah it just <laughs> doesn't it doesn't line up it's time to it's time to professional it up a little bit and and move forward it's a it's a new era Fair enough. Yes, it is Super Bowl week, fellas. Uh, very excited. Mm -hmm. Before we get into, and by the way, we're, we're talking tight, uh, tight end dynasty rankings slash tiers Woo! on today's show. Forgot to mention that. Before we get into that, fellas, let's let's go around the room. I feel like I've got to give our Super Bowl prediction. I mean, it is yeah. Super Bowl oh. week after all. I'm going to yeah. kick it over to Mr. NFL Researcher first. Okada, who do you got in this game, Chiefs or Bucks? This is honestly... TV 12 yeah, this is probably the hardest Super Bowl prediction I've had to make, and I don't even know how long. Because every other time that Brady's been in the Super Bowl, I've picked Brady, no question. Chocolate. And in the few other instances that have existed since the dawn of time, 
it's I feel like there's been a clear option and they weren't against Brady, which makes it tough. So basically what we're dealing with here is the best team in the NFL against Tom Brady. Which will you pick? I have not fully decided on an answer. I flip-flop every day. Right now, I will go with Tom Brady. I I will say right now that I'm going with Tom Brady, but that could change tomorrow. Also, it's a really weird dichotomy that I'm stuck inside because on the one hand, I don't want Brady to win without the Patriots. Like, I want him to just have all the Super Bowls with the Patriots. and Because I'm not really a Brady fan. I'm a Patriots fan. And then retire... Be a Patriot again for life because no one will remember his Bucks time, just like no one remembers Favre's Packers or Jets time or Vikings or Jets time. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's. Yeah, they remember his Packers time. (laughs) Uh, But on the other hand, I want the GOAT conversation to be unquestioned. And if he's seven and three in Super Bowls versus six and four, that's a pretty big difference. So I'm really torn on that, but I'm going to go with Brady to win. Patrick Mahomes makes an epic comeback in the end, but it falls short. Um, I got to ask Patrick Mahomes a question, so Chiefs by 40. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Andy Reid just absolutely rocking and crushing the Hawaiian shirts yes. this week. So how can you go against the Chiefs? I'm going to take Big Patrick Red Mahomes. is slaying, man. Big Red is a whole mood. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it's the actually, thing that really – go ahead. Yeah, just something that's really interesting that I don't think a lot of people are, are really paying attention to because um, I didn't know this until I got to, to tune in on these press conferences. The Chiefs are still in Kansas City. They don't have to fly yes. down to the Super Bowl site, um, you know, a week and a half ahead of time and do all the media circus there. They're they're in Kansas City. They're in their facility doing their training and going through a normal work week. And then they're flying down Saturday night and just get in Saturday right, right. night, get up Sunday, game day. So I think it's it's very interesting that both teams are at home prepping for the Super Bowl this year. It's, I think it's a really just interesting dynamic that's going on. That is interesting. I actually didn't know that at all. So, yeah, intriguing stuff. Uh, I'm going to go with Mahomes. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, man. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like, how can you bet against this, like the best team in football? And the thing that's super intriguing is this defensive line for the Bucks against the offensive line, which is now down four of five starters at the preseason. Remember, they had one opt out because of COVID. Um, down four or five projected offensive linemen. But if there's one coach and quarterback you trust to figure it out, it's the Chiefs. So I'm rolling with the Chiefs. We'll see what happens. Should be fun. Hopefully you all enjoy the Super Bowl. But we got business to get to tonight, fellas. We got to talk dynasty tight end tiers. And Okada, maybe when you publish this, we should we should spell it instead of the T-I-E-R-S. Mm. We should just spell it mm. tiers if they're coming from our eyeballs because mm. good Lord, fellas. I mean, tight ends in fantasy football are stupid. I'm not a fan. If you're not named Tra- Travis Kelsey, George, <laughs> etc., it's sad. And we'll we'll talk about those things tonight. But before we get into that, just overarching thoughts, guys. In Dynasty, how are you attacking the tight end position? Because I feel like there's one of two options, and you don't want to be in the middle. You either go all in and get that stud, or you just punt it off. That's how I play, and I like to build around young tight ends on my rosters. What are your thoughts? Uh, are we talking startup strategy mainly? Startup, yeah. I'm trying to get one of the one of the tier one guys that we're going to talk about in a second. I'll be okay with a tier two guy, but I'd rather have a tier one guy. And if I be, if I'm outside those five guys, you will come to find out in a second, listeners. I feel very sad. Yeah, um, I made eleven championships this year in fantasy football. No big deal. No big deal. In those he does have 11... seventy leagues, so the you know the hit rate's not that great. <laughs> okay, it was it was eleven of twenty eight and two are a full rebuild. Okay, it was a pretty decent percentage of my leagues that I made it to the ship. Um, 
but of the ones that made it to the championship, I either had a stud, a top tier guy, or I lucked my way in to like Robert Tunyon off the waiver wire. It was mm. one of the two. It was not one of the guys that you drafted in the middle that got you to the championship week. And I think probably seven of those 11, I had either Kelsey or Waller, spoiler alert, on my roster going into the championship. Nice. Yep. It's just such a difference maker in this game where they essentially are an extra wide receiver in your lineup where these other guys are like, God, I hope I get three for 50 from Austin Hooper. And if not, oh, well. Right. It's just, you know, you don't want to be that guy. You don't. You want to enjoy your Sunday and watch football, not sweat it out. So, oh my god, I, I hope I get team. three for fifty. That is just so sad. <laughs> Actually, oh, it's man. probably more like three for thirty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say three for fifty is pretty solid. That's way, way too efficient. Um, I'm definitely on team pay up for the tight end. All right. With that being said, fellas, let's get into our tier-based rankings. Now, if you missed it, we did do quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs on the last several shows. Go back check those out. At the top of this tier, and I'll just kind of go through them. This is in no particular order. We have Travis Kelsey, the man who basically was a wide receiver one this year. George Kittle, we know the story with him. He dealt with injury this year. And Darren Waller, those three are in our tier one rankings. How would you fellas like prefer those if you were just going to go straight up rankings? For me, well, I would go Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. One of the things that I want to do first is I want to kind of... Yeah, let's let's give the listeners some context. So we do rankings on every other position. We'll go through and we'll rank the quarterbacks down to like 30, the running backs down to like, I don't know, 40 or 50, wide receivers probably to 50 plus at some point. You know, we're, we really got to like the top 20 in those positions going into the last ranking show. We'll iron out everything else later. The thing about it is we were looking at doing this show and looking at doing our ranking show for tight ends and – um, it was Okada that suggested it, and he was like, can we just do tiers? Because <laughs> trying to delineate between tight end seven and eight feels kind of futile because it's all crap. And I was like, yeah, it's a really good point. And Betts didn't respond because his phone's broken. So <laughs> we pretty much <laughs> looked at We still don't know what's wrong there. We still don't know. I have no idea. Wrong. It's worked well, with every... You know what the problem is? If you text me in green, get out of my life. That's I'm true. This is all John's fault. I'm yes. on board with it's that, been, actually. It's been green for it's four months, drug. man. No excuse. No excuse. Yeah, and you, it's, I'm still shook, clearly. Yeah, but I think that it makes sense for the tight end position in particular because, like, running back 9, 10, 11 are all going to be, like, really close in terms of what you can expect in terms of the production. Tight end 3 to tight end 7 can literally be doubled on a week-to-week -week basis, what the tight end three is going to give you compared to the tight end seven. So yeah, it is a big difference. And we wanted to make sure that we kind of pointed it out that way. Indeed. Cool. All right. I like that. Um, as far as ranking these three guys, I think I would agree with your breakdown. Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. It's tough to want to put Waller above Kelsey just because of the youth. But we talked about it on a, on a maybe it was a Mahomes show or something. I can't remember where we talked about it. But I, th I think Kelsey has a couple years of strong production left. And I'm not going to rank beyond a few years. So we've all we, we've talked several times during these ranking shows about ranking to a two, maybe three year window at some positions. So I trust Kelsey to be good enough, and he's so good, so reliable <clears throat> that he jumps Waller for me. Even though Waller is almost certainly going to have a longer uh, dynasty value. Okada got really choked up there. Talking I did. About it's very emotional. Kelsey. I, I do too. When I he retires, it will be sad. 
very verklempt. Um, he, I mean, he's he's already probably a top three tight end all time in the NFL. You yes. can you can probably yes. make that argument. He has a I chance agree. of being the greatest tight end in, in NFL history, depending Indeed. on how long how long he plays for and how many championships he and Mahomes can put up. Um, he's got five straight thousand yard seasons. Never been done before Disgusting. by a tight end. Um, he was in PPR scoring. He would have been the wide receiver four this Ooh. year. In if you have a point five tight end premium on your league, oh my. He was the wide receiver one. He outscored the wide receiver one by over 10 points. You love to see it. You love to see it. So he is Unreal. in a class unto himself, even if it is for a, a shorter window. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, what, one thing I will throw out there. This is going to be a bit crazy. But you know what? I think it was a bit crazy. Like, well, maybe it was one to two off seasons ago when I demanded that we take Kelsey or Kittle at the top of every draft, I think I was somewhat early on this, saying that we you have to have an elite tight end, and everyone else is like, "Nah, man, you can stream tight ends; it's fine." It's not fine, yeah, man. It's cool. It's not cool <laughs> in Dynasty. Doing it, man. So now I'm going to take it a step further because now this is opinion that I had is consensus. Sure, I am plenty happy taking two of these three guys in my first three rounds, and here's the reasoning: number one, John just laid it out. They are as good as the receivers you're getting in those ranges. You are getting a flex player that is going to be a, a, better than any other flex player you're going to find. Of course, you're drafting him in a place where you're bumping your other positions down, but he's going to perform like the wide receivers going around him. But A, you have that tight end flexibility for, for whatever may happen. For example, this year when we lost George Kittle for almost the entire year. You have George Kittle and Darren Waller. It doesn't matter. You still have Darren Waller. B, if it comes to a point where you also happen to snag a young tight end who uh, blossoms into one of these type of players, you have so much trade value with one of these two veterans that you have now, and you have a young guy coming up to take his place. I am the running backs and wide receivers sprout up from unexpected places all the time. Look at Antonio Gibson. Yep. Tight ends do not do that <laughs> almost ever. Robert Tunyon had an amazing season this year. I'm not fully convinced he continues it. And other than that, it's all guys from Iowa, guys drafted in the first <laughs> few rounds. That's how you find an elite tight end. That's pretty much it, and we all know it. So that's my that's my new thought. Well, there is a Florida tight end we'll talk about, but Ooh, let me good. like let me let me. He'll be drafted in the first two rounds. Yeah. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Oh, easy um, first round. Easy yeah. first, like top ten probably. Um, yeah. Let me put it to you this way in terms of like draft strategy. Would you rather have potentially Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, or would you rather have Devontae Adams and Noah Fan? The former. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too, which is crazy to even say. But, but I, I think, think so, so too. Like you yeah. need that positional advantage over your opponents. Like I said, it got me to like every championship that I was in this year was having an elite tight end and having two of them and being able to potentially trade one, you know, down the road, if you, if you need to, you don't, you don't draft for positions. You, you draft for value. Mm. That That's what you do when you're doing a startup draft and a rookie draft for that matter, you draft yeah. value, you draft talent and drafting two guys that are the elite at their position and also are going to give you, wide receiver one numbers i'm for it yeah, it sounds weird but you know what 
F it. Let's do it. <laughs> All about the tight ends. Um, and I did a, I did a, a research study slash article for the fantasy footballers last offseason, looking at tight end scoring and like how should we actually be valuing these guys? It was more of a redraft focus, but I think the sentiment still rings true for Dynasty. And basically, I found that people were overvaluing based off ADP and production tight ends in tight end premium scoring first fringe players like for example people overvalue like hunter henry noah fant mm. evan ingram these like middle to back tight end one tiers and put them sure. over a wide receiver two when they should not be but they are not valuing highly enough in those scoring settings the elite tight ends like you guys are saying because they are scoring above the wide receivers in that type of scoring format and in the audience that i feel like we have which is basically hardcore dynasty players or just kind of getting into it and expanding their skill set in terms of playing standard leagues as far as uh, single quarterback super flex tight end premium points per carry like there's the possibilities are endless right nowadays in fantasy and that is becoming more mainstream so i think staying ahead of that curve is going to be huge to stay competitive over the next couple couple years so definitely team elite tight end for sure uh, i guess the one thing that maybe is worth bringing up for the listeners is is this a strong move on our part to have Darren Waller in this tier? Because Kittle and Kelsey have kind of been in this tier on their own. I think maybe some people try to put Mark Andrews in this tier coming yeah. into this past season. In fact, we probably did that as well. He now he's great. fallen out of it. Darren Waller was not in it. Now he is in it. Do we feel that that's pretty obviously justified or do we need to make some uh, defenses for that? He's 28 years old. And Derek I don't Carr, think there's much to say. Could be gone. Yeah, look at his production over the last two years and look at the depth chart. Now, that can change. Don't get me wrong. Fair. But, I mean, you're t Nelson Aguilar was the team's wide receiver one. Actually, that's yeah. not true. He was wide receiver They're two. Charged. Darren Waller was wide receiver one. Sure. So, <laughs> unless point. that changes and Henry Ruggs this season becomes an alpha. He's which never going to be an alpha. Nope. Yeah. Or Brian Edwards takes a better chance to be an alpha. Step yeah. forward. He's going to see targets, and he's just so athletic and so dominant over the middle of the field that I don't think it changes. Now, there are rumors that Derek Carr is potentially on the trade block. Who knows? And obviously, that would shake things up. But as of today, he's just been so good and so dominant. So he's right there for me. Word. Yeah. No disagreement. Yep. <laughs> now that we're out of the comfortable range of tight ends, let's go to tight ends tier two. And this is a little mini tier. We have our boy TJ Hawkinson who now has Jared Goff throwing him the football, and Which Mark Andrews, who we just about talked that. about. Now, we talked about these the first three being elite. We definitely want them on our roster. I am still very, very comfortable with these guys on my roster, and I actually want these guys on my roster if I can't get two of the top three. I'm okay going one from Tier 1, one from Tier 2, and then move on and get the rest of your, your startup that way. What are your guys' thoughts on Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson? And I think the, the biggest question is like, do we think Mark Andrews can return to the form that he had end of season last year and sort of like progress, like project forward if that's his norm or is this year his norm? Because again, it's a small sample size. I think this year is probably closer to his norm than two years ago. We talked coming into last year about Lamar Jackson's guaranteed regression because of how good his touchdown rate was. Mark yeah. Andrews had, I believe, 10 touchdowns that year. Maybe it was 11. I believe it was 10. No, it was 10. Uh, and that came down. Now, it only came down to seven, which was actually pr still pretty solid, and he had 700 yards. That's great. I am fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> that if, if that's what I get from my tight end, I'm feeling pretty good. Am I feeling as good as if I got one of those tier one guys? Absolutely not, because I'm going to get almost double the production from those guys. But I'm feeling okay. 
And I think it's probably more likely that that's where he hangs. Maybe he gets up to 808 more often, but I think it's going to be in that realm. And I'm playing fine with that. Yeah. All right. Go I, yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much agree. You know, we, we talked about it. Lamar Jackson at a 9% touchdown rate. The league average is like five and change. Like that's, that's an absurd touchdown. Actually, I think the league average is lower than that. That's um, a good QB is five. I would yeah, say. a good QB is five. Yeah, it's yep. it's an insane touchdown rate that he had two years ago. Um, so I agree with Okada. I I think that the insane touchdown rate and then the the lower percentage of snaps that he was on the field um, was very very unsustainable. I think we've seen more kind of what to expect, which is still a very good tight end that can give you major weeks. Like he will have his moments where he will give you a hundred and a touchdown, maybe two in a game. Like that'll, that'll still definitely be a thing because he is the most dominant pass catching option they have down in the red zone. Um, so I'm fine with that. I think that he'll probably be pretty consistently around here at a top five tight end because it's quite honestly a pretty low threshold to meet. Um, but I think that he'll be a top five tight end, you know, for the foreseeable future. Definitely. I would say, and to answer my own question as if I'm talking to myself, uh, for me, he is in uh, a situation where I think this is more of what I would expect from Mark Andrews. Now, like you guys are saying, it's not bad. It's just not what we saw last year. And it's because the efficiency from Lamar Jackson was just unsustainable, like you guys are saying. And I would say as well, on top of those two things, the community of fantasy football players love Mark Andrews. He's fun to root for, right? Mm. But like as a guy who's just grinding DFS every single week this year, I can tell you many projection systems out there overvalue the passing attack for Baltimore. Mm. Probably because of what we saw last year. Probably because of we know what could happen. And probably two because Marquise Brown... Yeah, yeah, sorry, two years ago. What Marquise Brown, I know. <laughs> what year is that? <laughs> and Marquise Brown was sort of, you know, still kind of not doing his thing. So it's like, oh, if he's not, then maybe it's Mark Andrews. Well, no, it's the running game, and that's what this offense is. So if there's someone in my league who still values Mark Andrews as a tier one tight end in Dynasty... I think I'm willing to sell. I think he's a player I'm willing to get out from. Maybe get like one of these high upside guys that we'll talk about next and a first on top of it or two seconds and one of these guys in the next year or something like that and just sort of cash out because to me, he's never going to be that type of volume pass catcher like Waller, like Kelsey, etc. So that's where I'm at with Mark Andrews. Let's move on to TJ Hawkinson. Outstanding season. Truly a breakout campaign for this guy with Matthew Stafford. But there's one problem. And this Lions mm. offense is going to be I don't even know. They're going to be eating kneecaps this year, according to Dave. Sure, I'm, not sure what, I'm not sure what to say about this offense. No Kenny Galladay. I mean, there's no chance he's back. Marvin yeah. Jones is a free agent. I doubt he's back. No. So it's TJ Hawkinson and a bunch of dudes. Cephas! <laughs> yeah, Cephas. <laughs> On the rebuilding team. I mean, I'm not sure what to make of the offense in general. I, I like TJ Hawkinson, and to me, he's a player that if I'm trading for him or trying to go out and get him, it's with the understanding that there's likely to be a regression this year. I think in the mm. offense in general and the quarterback play potentially and understanding that if you go out and get him now, you're going to have to wait to get value back on him. So to me, I'm almost hands off at this point unless I already have him. TJ is an interesting one for me. I don't know if I feel quite as pessimistic as you do. Now, I do think the direction this offense is going is more run heavy. But I do think this team could also get better and the offense in general could get a little better just because 
they have not been efficient or very effective as a team at all for forever. Now, I don't blame that on Matthew Stafford necessarily, but it's a new coaching regime. It's a new quarterback who is made to facilitate the run game and then succeed as a passer off of that pretty often. And by the way, favor the tight end position a little more than we saw Matthew Stafford do for the majority of his career. Now, Matthew Stafford had great wide receivers for the majority of his career. So did Jared Goff. But we've seen some good good tight end production from Goff to uh, to Higby or even Gerald Everett in small stints. I don't think it's a plus. I think it's probably a negative more than a lateral. But I don't. I, I think that the negative of that maybe is small enough that it's canceled out by the fact that T.J. Hawkinson is a very young tight end who's getting another year older and hitting the type of uh, benchmark in a tight end career. Where yes, he had a breakout last year, but this is where we might expect to see like, oh, now he's an elite tight end if he was in a better situation. So I think that maybe that helps cancel it out and he stays right around where he was, which is a mid-range tier two, in this case, tight end. So this is actually going to be really interesting because I think the three of us are going to show pretty much the entire spectrum here on TJ Hawkinson. Betts is out. Okada thinks it might be balanced. And I think that TJ Hawkinson is a buy. I think that TJ Hawkinson is a buy because of how slanted the pessimism against Jared Goff is. People look at Jared Goff and they go, oh, man, he's trash. He absolutely sucks. His numbers were actually pretty similar to what Matthew Stafford did last year. Like, let's be honest. Yardage was a little bit lower, but it really was pretty close. It's not a massive downgrade at the quarterback position. Also, you have Jared Goff, who got traded from Los Angeles being in the Super Bowl, uh, massive contract, to now having to move to Detroit, Michigan. And he is going to have a major chip on his shoulder coming into this offense. Not only that, they have a new offensive coordinator, who's Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn sucks as a head coach, but he (laughs) runs a pretty good offense. And I think that that offense is going to be interesting. And I think what Okada said, I do agree with. If you're buying Hawkinson now, you need to understand that the return is might not be immediate. Um, but I'm okay with that because of how hard it is to find a good young tight end that has the tools and the skill set to potentially reach that elite status. Two to three years from now, Hawkinson could be that. It takes tight ends a while to hit that mark. Like, Kelsey yeah. was 26 uh, when he had his yeah, 1,000-yard ha- season. Well, I have the numbers up because I was going to follow up on that. Yeah. he Kelsey had a, two years that were like Hawkinson's year this year. Very similar. Uh, in his second and third season, and that was when he was 25 and 26, 27 is when he truly became a true tight end one. George Kittle, in his second season, is when he broke out huge. Hawkinson will be entering his third, by the way. When Kittle had his massive breakout season, he was 25. Hawkinson will only be 24 this year. That is crazy young for a tight end. So it could be this year, it could be the year after, but I think there's a very good chance the elite breakout is still coming. Yeah, I think so too, because of the skill set that we've seen from him and his ability Mm -hmm. to take over. He did have a couple of stops. He did have a couple moments in this season where he took over a game, which is hard to do from the tight end position. And he did have a couple of those. Um, the, he, so here's the range of outcomes. 
Jared Goff proves that he's worthy of being a franchise guy in a new kickstarted offense with a new fresh start. They go out and they draft a bunch of stud wide receivers over the next two years, and that offense gets to humming. Or Jared Goff flames out this year in Detroit. Um, it looks terrible. Hawkinson maybe is potentially even a bigger buy next year than he is right now. Um, and they decide to move on because Goff's dead cap hit the year after is pretty low. They could get out from under him in, in only one year because he only has two years left on his contract. And then they draft a stud tight end uh, early in 2022 drafts, and this offense gets to humming either way. So I think that Hawkinson is young enough and shown enough that there's so much pessimism around that team and around the quarterback change right now that you might be able to go get him at a value. People might be panicking. And I think that, and I don't want to leave listeners astray. Like I still, I think TJ Hawkinson can be an absolute star in this league. I'm not saying sure. that by any means, but I think there is going to be a little buy window in the first month of the season or first could be. couple weeks. So I'm not saying I don't want him on my roster. I certainly am totally fine to have him. I just think you're, you're sort of buying and, and it, maybe it's balanced out. I don't know. I haven't tried to acquire him, but basically you're trying to buy him after a, I would think most people will call this a breakout year. But then at the same time, like you're saying, there's a lot of pessimism about the Lions right now, and everyone laughs at them, as I just did on the show. <laughs> so maybe there's a balance where it's like, oh, his value is just what it should be. So I'm not saying don't trade for him. I'm just saying understand there's a little bit of risk in this season specifically. So it depends on your roster build, what your goals are for your this year, and then moving forward. So I think, definitely the person, think he's still a good player. I think the person that has him currently could be wildly all over the spectrum in terms of how they're valuing him right now. So I think it's worth checking with that manager because he could be yeah, like, he's an elite young stud that I'm going to hold, or he could be freaking out about Detroit going up in flames and you might be able to get him for like a second. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, boys, let's move on to tier three. But before we do, I'm going to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's show. And oh my gosh, fellas, Valentine's Day is literally right around the corner. We are recording okay. this. Wait, on what day is this? Holy crap. What day is third. A third. Third release probably on the fourth or the fifth. So you're listening to this on the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh. Who knows? But it's <laughs> only a week. <laughs> it's a week away. And if you fellas do not have something for your, the lucky lady in your life or ladies that are listening, for the guy, for whoever, for your mom, for your friend, for what whoever in your life, you need to go to myfrontpagestory.com. Time is running out. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna interview with someone. That works for my front page story. They're going to ask you about your loved one, you know, why they're so special to you, why you love them, all those things. And they're going to write up an article for you and frame it, mail it to their house. It is so easy to do. Don't worry about going out in the stores with COVID and, oh my gosh, what am I going to get in two days because Valentine's Day is tomorrow? This is the gift that you're going to get your loved one. Fantastic, super heartfelt. And to save a little cash, the code is redshirts15. You're going to save yourself 15% off of this great gift. I have a question, Betts. I have an answer, Okada. If the interviewer contacted you and said, tell me why John is so special, what would you say in like one or two sentences? That's all I get? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, first, We don't have time for the whole thing. I, I could go on for, for hours, boys. Man, this fella's beard is the best oh, I've seen in my true. entire life. That would be the headline right there. So, John, there's a little teaser for you. Don't want to ruin the rest. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I'll be waiting on the 14th. Yeah. <laughs> Check out myfrontpagestory.com. Again, the code is redshirts15 to save some extra cash. All right, boys. Tight end three. This is the tier that we have deemed yet to break out, but they've shown some upside. We have Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, and Hunter Henry. Now, I think you could argue maybe another 
couple guys could fit in here, but for us, this is where we landed with these three. Um, let's start with Mike Kosicki because we love this guy. I'm wearing a Penn State sweatshirt. You can't really see it on camera, but we nice. love Mike Kosicki here. He was a guy that we told you to go out and get entering this year. And the thing that was most annoying about this past season was literally they had like six tight ends that looked exactly like Mike Kosicki. <laughs> and whenever someone would catch a ball, I'd be like, yes, there's our guy. Oh, wait, that's Durham Smythe. Oh, wait, that's not Mike Kosicki or Durham Smythe. That's Mac Hollins. Like, it's just oh my gosh, Mac random Hollins dudes. Is the worst. Are you guys, I know, are you guys wavering off of Mike Kosicki at all? Or are you still on the, the side of the coin where you're trying to go out and get him? As the resident Mike Kosicki super truther, it is incumbent yeah, upon me truther. to say, no, I'm not giving up on Mike Kosicki at all. Let me tell you something. You dinguses in the Dynasty community who think Mike Kosicki was trash. Mike Kosicki averaged 10.6 PPR fantasy points per game last season. Robert Tunyon, who everybody's freaking out about as an incredible season. OMG saved us all in Dynasty. We found this tight end on the waiver wires. <laughs> he averaged 11.04. That's 0.4 more. Hawkinson, who we just talked about and put him in a tier higher, 10.96. That's 0.3 more. Okay. Mike Kaziki was great. He was <laughs> okay. quite solid. Okay. okay. <laughs> but everybody's upset. And here's why everybody's upset. Mike Kosicki had a great start to the season. He scored like three touchdowns in his first few games. Everyone was like, oh my goodness, you guys were right. Mike Kosicki's amazing. Then he had this horrible stretch in the middle of the year. It was like four games in a row where he had less 50 yards and no touchdowns. It was bad. And because of that horror, everybody forgot what happened in the beginning and then wrote him off and didn't notice what happened at the end either. What happened at the end was he had another great stretch. So... The whole season, for some reason, people are writing off. I don't understand why. He was very solid. He had quarterback changes all throughout the year that made things difficult. He was in an uh, offensive system that's still trying to get its feet under itself. Doesn't really know exactly necessarily what it is. Hopefully next year we get a whole year of Tua, which I think is an excellent thing. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick's good, but I'm not a fan of him for my my tight ends in general or for the stability of this offense. And Gasicki is still young. 25 and he's going to be entering his fourth season three season three season four that's when we see these great breakouts and he as we just mentioned was very good last year basically in this middle tier of tight ends that if you don't have one of the top three all the rest of the same that's exactly where he was only a point behind mark andrews in points per game by the way so i love mike Zicky. go get him now because for some reason people are writing him off and you should not be you're not gonna yeah. hear me argue any of that Cosa. no Gesicki is like he's like a rebounder. Like he goes up in the red zone. In oh the my! Red zone so well. Like he's such a good red zone target. And once Tua kind of develops that and that trust in the like throw it up and figure out where to place it so that only your guy can go up and get it. Um, it's going to be really good. Gesicki was an absolute baller at Penn State. Like so good. And I still believe in the talent like Okada does. And, yeah, I think his value is incredibly low right now. Um, could be a really nice buy window, actually, right mm -hmm. now to try to go out and, and get Kosicki. Um, because I do think this offense is going to progress. I think that they are pretty much locked into drafting either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith with their first-round pick. Um, they got to, you know, to interview with – Devonta Smith down there at the Senior Bowl uh, last week and all that stuff. So maybe it's him to reunite him with his college quarterback. 
um, or it's Jamar Chase out of LSU. I think it's probably one of those two that are going to be going to, to Miami because they need playmakers for their quarterbacks. And I think they're going to prioritize that this year. Their defense is very good. We saw that last year. We saw, you know, they've got a pretty good offensive line. I, I think that skill positions are going to be, you know, heavily targeted in their draft. They could easily draft like four total, like running backs, wide receivers. They could get four skill players in this draft class. Yeah, and that still wouldn't change my evaluation of Mike Kosicki. No, I think it helps. He's just a good player, and he's like just elevates the yeah. offense as a whole. Yes, and gives him more agree. opportunities to, to score points. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing with Mike Kosicki we need to remember is this is still he's so so like young in his career. He's a little bit older from a prospect evaluation standpoint, but still second round draft capital. Right. Like you guys said, still an absolute freak athlete at Penn State. Um, and he doesn't block, and I don't care about that at all for my tight end <laughs> fantasy. I actually prefer them not to. Sounds so good. it's 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 very much a, a wide receiver esque role for Mike Kosicki, and I think we'll see him grow here. And I agree. What would you guys set the line for like a trade target value? Do you think you get I was him for just like wondering about that? I feel like you get him for like two oh three or the two oh two, yep. something like an early second. Sounds I think right. the, the guy who has Kosicki says, "Oh yeah, like rookie fever, I'm in," and I would certainly trade for him for an early second. Your thoughts? Same. I agree that that is the price, and I agree that I would pay it. Cosign. Sweet. All right, fellas, moving on. No fan. Kind of an interesting year. Broncos offense as a whole was Ugh. meh. And we tried to tell you guys, Drew Locke isn't that great of a quarterback. Crap. I don't know what else to say. Oh, but man. The only quarterback that was worse than Drew Locke last year was Carson Wentz. <laughs> actually that's kind of true it is it is statistically <laughs> it is. true like, it is, it it's is true, true. It oh man <laughs> it's funny because it's true um, <laughs> god i'm depressed oh man i <laughs> i still am interested in no fan and i still think he is going to have a much better career than what we've seen this past season the reality is drew lock's not the answer now do they go out and get a quarterback this year i'm not sure but at some point they're going to find stability it's just a matter of odds, right? For the love of God, they have so many freaking quarterbacks that have come into that room, <laughs> and Elway's like, this is the guy. This is the guy. No, that's the guy. Actually, you know what? It's Drew Locke. It's not Drew Locke, it's but someone is going to stabilize that position. Noah Fant is an athletic uh, playmaker, kind of like a sickie, great with the ball in his hands, can still line up in the slot, run excellent routes. So I'm still very much in on Noah Fant. And I think like Mike Kosicki, there's a buying window right here for Noah Fant. And if I'm getting him as my tight end two on a dynasty roster, I'm all about that. Question for the class. Yes. This offense, this team as a whole, how far can they go if they pull off the Deshaun Watson's week six? Do they have the capital to do it? It's Remember, Bill O'Brien is not there anymore. It's true. It's not going to be a moldy sandwich and a 40-year-old wedge. Here's the thing. thing. Realistically, I think that anyone has the capital to do it. Yeah. They just have to mortgage their first-round picks for forever. Uh, and some teams are unwilling to do that. I forget what, what team came out in the news recently that said they wouldn't mortgage their future to change quarterbacks. Wish I could remember. Uh, but the point is, well, I think... Broncos do have the Broncos do have the ninth overall pick. Which would really help sweeten the pot in this year, nice. Houston, to attempt to go out and get a replacement quarterback, um, because there are probably five that could arguably go high. So it, they could be, but anyways, they, we're derailing a little bit. But the point of the matter is that Drew Lock is not the answer. He Ew. sucks. He's really, really bad. 
right now is, I think, the floor for Noah Fant. That's what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. If you get yes. a new quarterback in there, whether it's in the draft, where they pick high, they pick ninth, maybe it's Trey Lance, they get an athletic runaround quarterback instead of a stagnant, stoic statue like John Elway likes to draft, which is weird because he used to run. I don't get it. Um, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But like a Trey Lance would be super interesting in this offense. Um, or whether they go out and they trade because there's going to be so many moving quarterbacks in the landscape this offseason. I think that this offense as a whole is going to be rising. Very similar to Mike Kosicki. I think that right now is a good buy window um, on Noah Fant, who I think is very good after the catch. Um, and he's shown some flashes to be a, a very talented tight end. He, he I think, I, I kind of... I'm going to use the same word twice in one podcast, which is weird, but I delineate from Okada slightly on this because I think that Noah Fant has a higher ceiling than Mike Kosicki does. And I know that you're a big Mike Kosicki fan, but to me, I think Noah Fant has a higher ceiling. And if they get a new quarterback down there, I think it's possible that we see him as a real breakout candidate to get up into like the top five, top three of the position. I actually don't hate that at all. I think Noah Fant is arguably the most athletic tight end. Maybe George Kittle. But other than that, I think he's probably number one in terms of full uh, all-around athlete. Now, if yeah. I had to take, pick a jump ball end zone guy, I'm still taking Mike Sicki number one. Sure. But overall, I think that Noah Fant's athleticism does give him that kind of upside. And uh, uh, in the realm of what we've been talking about with several of these other guys and their youth and their uh, inexperience, Noah Fant is king of them all because yeah. he is 23 this year in his second season. So he has like two or three more years until we need to be like, okay, the breakout should be happening now, which means they have time to get a quarterback. They have time to develop their offensive scheme. They have time for Noah Fant to continue to progress. Yep. And to your point, uh, if they got Deshaun Watson, how good could this offense be? They have pieces. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody's forgotten about Corlton Sutton. I think Matthew Betts yes. over here tweeted something about that recently. You, you and I both, Betts, have been on yeah. Corlton Sutton. He's great. And no he was gone all year this year. Sutton. No. Oh. You should trade your second for him immediately. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. If somebody he would take that, worth, I would do it in a heartbeat. Corlton Sutton, Sutton could be worth two firsts by November. I could easily yeah. see that. Oh, yeah. He's, yep. This is now a Corlton Sutton podcast. That's hey. Welcome to the podcast, Cortland. You want to come on? Feel free. <laughs> I do think in general, I, I'm, and I kind of said this last year. I remember doing like a YouTube show with Kate on the Ball Blast YouTube channel. Um, subscribe if you wouldn't mind. Ooh. That I thought this offense was a complete like I'm out here because yep. everyone was like, Drew Lock is so great. And all these playmakers are so awesome from the draft. The rookies, <laughs> it's Drew Lock and it's a COVID season. No, no, no. Garbage. But they are talented players who I like a lot that I'm still not out on in long term. So I think this year we buy into the Broncos, assuming they get a quarterback. Uh, of course, that can change. But we'll see. Yes, yeah, so if they get Deshaun Watson, I mean, good Lord. But I think, I think you need to do it now before they get the quarterback. Like, Because oh, yeah. they're going to fix the quarterback position. It's yes. going to happen. Whether so it's both like, get, get Fant and Sutton is what we're saying. Right now. Okay. Right now. What if, because hey, they what if, could easily make a trade in the next week or two for a quarterback where everyone's going to go, oh, go get everyone from Denver. And then the price just skyrockets. So I think it's right now you need to go get Carson Wentz in Denver. Yep. Yeah. Would love it. I actually can see that in my mind's eye. I can too. Very easily. I can't really see Watson too well. Like I can see him with the Jets more, maybe even a couple other teams. But in my mind's eye, I can see Carson Wentz as a Bronco super easily. 
I can too. And it would be great for him because we know how much he likes to clue in on his tight ends for this Noah Fant little mm. situation that we're talking about. That yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. That'd be delicious. Love that. All right, fellas. Hunter Henry is the next name in this tier. He's a free Bye. agent. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but to me, he's a Patriot and there's no other way around it. Oh, like, I just feel like that's going to happen. Now, is that going to actually happen? I don't know. But you know how like we have these takes in the offseason and it's like, like, for example, in the rookie draft, it's like, oh, yeah, Najee Harris is a Pittsburgh Steeler. And anything else that doesn't happen beyond that, you're like, how did that happen? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Me, Hunter Henry is a Patriot. Yeah, but we can't really talk about his situation, obviously, given that he's a free agent. So I don't know what else to add on Hunter Henry other than he's shown touchdown upside. He's sort of been up and down. To me, he's never going to enter tier one. I, I just don't see it happening. He's fine as a mid to back end tight end one, even though Okada projected him for 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns this year. He projected uh, him for like 14 and 17, by the way. <laughs> uh, what I think this tier is, by the way, is very talented players who could be in improving situations. Now, you could argue Hunter Henry's was already very good and he didn't really destroy, but it helps when Keenan Allen getting 70,000 targets. Uh, I think Hunter Henry, to your point, bets about not being in the ever being able to be in the top tier. I think he's the kind of guy who could be in exactly the right system. So, for example, Zach Ertz. What we saw from Zach Ertz in Philly, getting the targets he got, I think Hunter Henry could do that just as well as Zach Ertz. Now, going to Philly is not going to help that because they also have Dallas Goddard. But a, a situation like that, and I don't even know if there is one right now necessarily, that is a place. A place like that would be a place I could see Hunter Henry breaking out into that elite tier. Otherwise, I do think he's more likely to just stay around tier two or three. But I think he's reliable to be there because he's very good. We've been pretty much waiting on Hunter Henry since he came into the NFL. He's like, been good. He's been good. But people, like, remember uh, three, four years ago when people thought that we had an embarrassment of riches at the tight end position. Yes. The reasons why was because it was... The drought is over. Season. Yeah. Yes, no, I remember not. this. No, it's not. And that same conversation happened this last offseason. No, it's yep. not. Yeah. What's going on? If you try to have that conversation this offseason, I'm going to Which slap we you will because say, Kyle Pitts. And what am I going to say? No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. There's still a like clear top two or three, and then a couple after that that I want. And other than that, good luck. And and yeah. Hunter Henry's very much that until I don't know. Like I can't buy in on Hunter Henry because it's like fool me once, twice, three times, four times, five. Times. Like I've been waiting so much on Hunter Henry that I'm not going to buy in this year, even if he changes teams, even if he goes to New England. Who's their quarterback? What I if he goes no to New England and they get Carson Wentz? Okay, maybe. If they somehow I feel off, exactly. I feel like that he could be at the tight end one through three in that kind of situation. No, no, no. He'd be the number there's one target for a quarterback that loves tight ends. No, I still no want him in control. my top five if that happened. Still yeah, he'd be happen. he'd probably be a tier two player at that point. Right. But you need everything to go right for that to happen. But again, uh, you're forgetting that Okada projected him for 2,100 yards and 19 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget. That was fun. Oh, um, never forget. Let's close out that tier there, fellas. This is the tier that we have labeled. Uh, this is wrong. We shouldn't label it this. It's meh. Yeah, that's that's doing them too much kindness. That's. But the reality is there are names in here that I think are intriguing. 
There are names in here that I also think are just never going to excite you, like literally ever in fantasy football. Right. I'm going to run through the names on the list, and we need. Wait, to wait, wait! I have a name for this tier. Oh, okay. Or you tell this is the name of the tier. Uh... Okay, I like that. <laughs> I'm just going to name it False Hope. Like <laughs> also no, other, other than the rookie that we're gonna get to, but other than that, yeah. it's basically. I'm just gonna me. argue with you on a couple of guys, but we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. So we have, I mean, the man, the myth, the legend, the Pro Bowler, Evan Ingram. Shout out to him for the worst oh season I've ever seen from God. a Pro did he make the Pro Bowl? Oh. <laughs> we have the aforementioned Bobby T. Robert Tunyon with the breakout campaign this year. Dallas Goddard. You could argue he maybe is right. better than Meh. We have Austin Hooper, who is the definition of meh in my true, opinion. true. Johnny Smith, who's so, shown some upside, but also has disappeared over and over again. Cole Komet is really intriguing as a rookie. Hayden Hurst is just like Austin Hooper. Yep. Logan, Thomas, I can't even tell the difference between the two. To be honest, they're the same thing. Yeah. Is older, but I mean, it was exciting if you're a win now team this past year. And then, boys, we have. Irv Smith, who I'm very excited about, and we'll talk about him soon. But I want to start this conversation with the rookie, who we have uh, probably above these guys, honestly, in ranks. I agree. Kyle Pitts. Doesn't even have an NFL team yet. Doesn't have a draft capital position yet. Doesn't have anything yet, except for the fact that this dude is a stud. And I've watched three games of tape, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I've seen enough. He is just so freaking good. I don't even know how to put it. He is the next generational, like, this dude is going to be a stud and difference playmaker in your fantasy lineup. No one else in this class comes close to it and as far as the rookies. And no one else in this tier, in my opinion, has that type of upside. So if you ask me in a year from now, who do you want on your roster? Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, Jonu Smith, any of these dudes, figure out a way to trade up into the first round of your rookie draft because you want Kyle Pitts on your roster. You do. No questions asked. Zero questions asked. This dude, to me, probably is in a mini tier of his own, if, if I'm being honest, above this tier. I would agree with that because it feels weird to put him in tier three because we know those names are solid, but he he doesn't belong in this tier. I think he does deserve his own mini tier, the Pitts tier, the Pit. What's the name of the tier? The Pit. If you need a a a brief summary of how good he is beyond what Bets gave you, I turned commonly to the smartest draft analyst I know, Daniel Jeremiah, who releases his top fifty draft prospects every year and then updates them as the draft comes nearer. Number one is Trevor Lawrence. Number two is Jamar Chase. Number three, not of offensive players, not of fantasy players, the entire draft is Kyle Pitts. He's that good. He good. If Kyle Pitts was a wide receiver instead of a tight end, he would be the number one wide receiver in this draft class. Yum, yum. He is that talented. Like, okay, but you can argue, but that's the thing. It's an actual argument between Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith and whoever the other rookie wide receivers you want to put up there, he's in that same conversation. He's like, we were texting back and forth this morning. Um, and I was like, I'm actually curious. Let me look this up really quick. He's one inch taller and four pounds lighter or four pounds heavier than Calvin Johnson. Like they look the same, like they're the same lean, long, muscular wingspan offensive players it's what you want he is this new tight end where he's like a positionless weapon like Mm. they can line him up out wide they can put him in the slot they can put him in line they can do whatever they want to do with him and the guys is 
just that good. We say that it takes three years for a tight end to break out. By this time next season, you could be having the conversation, would you rather have him or George Kittle on your dynasty team because of how much younger he is and the longevity of what he's going to get you at the position? It might be a real conversation next year. Yeah, landing spot, good quarterback. It could definitely happen. I, I definitely agree with that. I was in an industry rookie mock this past week with um, Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds, the Ballers, uh, Rich Rebar, those kind of guys. And it was smart people, Ryan McDowell. Like, I was like, this is going to be a really fun exercise because I hadn't done a full scouting profile yet on all these guys. I'm still sort of getting my feet wet there for this class. Right. But I was like, I'm going to jump in and see what happens here. At the 108, I selected Kyle Pitts. I was mm. like, can this please be a real league? This is, <laughs> this is incredible. So go trade for first-round picks in the hopes that you get Kyle Pitts because he's going to be a playmaker. Uh, we'll talk about him in a lot more detail as far as his, his draft profile and all that stuff. Was but that, anything to add on, on Kyle Pitts? What do you say? Was that single QB or super flex? Single QB. Okay. Single QB. Yep. Well, Alrighty. So we've we decided he's his own tier. Yes. Out of these names, I'm going to kick it back to you guys real quick. Out of these names, Robert Tunyon, Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Jonu Smith, Irv Smith, Cole Komet, Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas. Who is the one that you are most excited about? Because they're all just meh. They Irv. are all just meh. Um, no. Cole Irv? Komet. Uh, here's what I'll say. I will agree with John Cole Komet if I'm not looking to win this year, potentially. Because I think... He may still be two years away from a true breakout. It may be yeah, like what we're talking about with some of these guys earlier, where in this this coming season, 2021, will be his mini breakout, like we've seen from Mike Kosicki, but it won't be his super breakout that he is still liable to have in a couple years after that. So long-term, I'm very excited. Kolkomet could give you 808 this year with like two or 300-yard games. That would be quite nice. I think that what would you trade for What would you give up to get Kolkomet? Probably a late first if I need a Ooh. tight end. Spicy. I mean, I drafted him around there. You did. Well, the thing is, it was fun because you didn't have to. And you can get him at the 303 every single draft. Well, that's also true. Do you remember? I was, I was just going to say that. We were texting last year. And remember how many times I was like, just got commit at like 307. Yeah. Like <laughs> I guess I should say I ranked him there. Not yeah, like, I got him in the third all over the place. I have a lot of shares of but I will say. If it's for right now, Logan Thomas, uh, he was number five in points per game. Dude's balling. He was just in the exact same range. He scored, in fact, the exact same number of fantasy points as Robert Tunyon. He was above TJ Hawkinson. He was above Mike Kosicki. He was right behind Mark Andrews. He was quite good this last year. I think he can be next year as well. They don't have much, obviously, there besides Terry, Terry Mack. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So uh, if you told me, if, if it's redraft, for example, I'm probably rank, ranking Logan Thomas higher than Cole Komet did for this year. So by the same token, if you're going for a ship this next year, I might do the same. But other than that, it's Cole Komet for me out of the rest of this group. I don't really trust any of these other guys to have the upside. Maybe Irv Smith. Maybe. What do you mean, but maybe Irv Smith? Get that's the heck like out of here. That's like, I don't Irv feel great Smith about that even. is 22 years old. He is you very young. Trading for Irv Smith, he has the profile that you like in a tight end. He can block, so he'll get on the field. We saw it this year, but he plays in a system that heavily utilizes the tight end. Kyle Hold, on. Every... Hold on, just a minute. Timeout, timeout, timeout. 
<laughs> Kyle Rudolph, granted, he is good for that team, but Dude. he has lost two steps at this point. He's just not the same player. Now, is he still going to be on the roster? Yes. But we're seeing the, the the shift happen where you've seen it before with like guys like Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck over the years, if you are if you watch the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Play. He oh, is yeah. the next pass-catching tight end for that offense. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith is a very good player, and I know what you're going to say to me. Betts, you just said you don't want your tight ends to block. That's exactly what I'm going to say to you. The way they use <laughs> him around the end zone, I mean, touchdown upside is massive. So I love Irv Smith. I traded a 2022 first for him in season to get him before the season was finished because everyone's going to be talking about Irvin Smith this year. I think he's a a great player and I'm really excited about him in my roster. So I'm surprised that's surprised. Well, I mean, 2022 first, I didn't have a 21 second. I was like, I'll give you 2022 first. I'll get it back at some point. Okay. To me, it's like a couple years away. So I was fine with it. I kind of, I kind of treat firsts two years out the same way as well. Like I kind of treat them as seconds because I can probably another first another way. Um, yeah, I mean, you know that I love her. Like all last off season, I was talking about how he's like one of my favorite young breakout tight end candidates. I talked about him a ton on this podcast. He's so freakishly athletic and played for Bama, and I like anything that comes out of Alabama. Um, I do just think it's a matter of time for Irv, and he's still so young. Like you said, he's twenty two, man. He could have another. He could have a buy window of another two or three years, and I'm still going to be buying and yeah. until I see if if that breakout happens. Probably after Kirk Cousins is no longer there. But yeah, he's just so young and so athletic that sure, I'll take him. He's a project. He's not going to be something that probably helps you win this year. Although I think that he did out snap Kyle Rudolph uh, for the second half of the season, like in terms of snap percentage for the offense. I think he was taking on more of a role. Uh, which yep. I like to see, but he's still further out. Um, but he's good. I like him. I love. But that's what is your ceiling for Irv Smith? As far as where he could finish as a tight end, yes, that's tough to answer because I mean it's not going to happen this year. No, I just mean but, in his career. I mean he's athletic enough, and if he finds himself with a quarterback who loves the tight end and he's the t- pass catching tight end, he could be a top three tight end in fantasy. I truly believe that. Now is it like I'm not sure, but he. That's I feel like I feel like he's Hunter Henry, just not yet. Oh, the Hunter yeah. Henry range. Well, Dude, have you seen those two carry the ball? Projected the guy for 2,500 yards. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Herb Smith confirmed 2020 <laughs> coming this year. No, Hunter Henry with the ball in his hands looks like molasses. Herb Smith is explosive with the ball in his hands. He looks very athletic. I prefer Herb Smith. Far and above Hunter Henry, in my opinion. I think he's a really good route runner. I don't think he's as explosive as a lot of the guys we've named so far. Well, he's not a Mike Kosicki. He's not a, a Noah fan, in my opinion. Those dudes are just on their own sort of yes. level. But, yeah, I, I'm so excited about him, and I think he's worth buying. And maybe it's not for this year. You know, like, I, when I traded for him, I had, it was on a roster where I had Kittle. I went out and got him knowing, like, I'm good for the next... Facts! Get these young tight ends. Just let them yes. sit well, there. We talked about that. That's yes. our general if I had, on this show. If I had Travis Kelsey and George Kittle on my roster by some miracle, and I had the eighth overall pick, I would draft Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you would. <laughs> no question. Confirmed. Don't be a, a silly goose. Get tight ends. Here's the thing, silly goose. about Kyle Pitts. That stock, that price is going to rise so much um, between yeah. now and the start of the season that Kyle Pitts might be 
in super flex a top six rookie pick. I can see it. That could happen, and I'm still willing to pay the price. You know what? I want to look at something real quick. Like, I want probably Kyle Pitts over definitely the number three running back in this class, maybe over the number two running back in this class. Like, the dude is... That's that's a good little teaser for the next show because we're going to get right into our 2021 rookie talk next week. Before Akata brings up his point here, we should decide right now. Do you guys want to start the the rookie season off with a 2021 rookie mock draft next week? That would be super fun, in my opinion. Oh, my. We get get away from 2020 season. We move on to 2021. I think that would be so fun. I would do it right now. I'm down. Let's make it confirmed happen. next week. Next week, okay. post Super Bowl is uh, my tape grind week because we get commissioners days uh, at the NFL where we get. Yes. Yeah, we're getting five commissioner days paid vacation. Let's go right after the Super Bowl. So I'm going to be grinding so hard on that. Go tape. on, go on Twitter <laughs> and go to the search bar and do hashtag beard film sesh. <laughs> and you can find I'm, I'm going to be by next week. Probably I'll be about like 15 threads mm. in by that point uh Those so the, re- the the thing i wanted to bring up i just wanted to quickly glance at the draft order and see what kind of landing spots we could have for yeah, kyle yeah. pitt yeah just real quick just right quick right uh, quick fifth overall the Bengals. how are we feeling about that they need to tackle i don't think it happens yeah that's, that's fair. They need to tackle, tackle. i would love it i think they're gonna go like panay well out of oregon that's very fair uh 10th overall cowboys could see it uh, maybe that has Jerry uh, Jones written all over it. That oh, does. Yeah. Sounds quite nice. Then you've got the couple teams that don't need him. Uh, the Chargers are at 13. If Hunter Henry walks, That's you go a- get Justin Herbert another weapon. And then the oh, Patriots at 15. He would be a top three rookie pick if he went to the Chargers. I could see it. I think so. Yeah. I think it, I think he, I think he doesn't make it past fifteen with the Patriots. You're are right, we gonna boy. are we gonna do our, our NFL draft live stream Palooza like we did last year? Well, I won't oh. be there, but yes. All right, you, will. Will. you and I will. Because we <laughs> actually, you know, enjoy that stuff. Um, yeah. Unlike someone. I'll try to hang around so that when you guys start talking about Clyde Edwards Elaire <laughs> being the number one pick, I can come in, zoom in quick to save everyone, uh, including uh, you, from your insanity. Hey, we were excited, but then we backed off as the months. Yeah, went. after I gave you the arm waving, <laughs> shaming. What speech. do you mean? <laughs> I was also just so rattled by Justin Jefferson not going to the Eagles that I couldn't True. think straight for the rest of the draft. So, oh, you know what's crazy for that. is how what? upset you were about that, not even knowing how good Justin Jefferson was going to be in comparison to Jalen Rager. Imagine if you had known that gap and they had made that pick. Woo! And JJ Arthur, white side. Hey, um, under- oh my god. But Seattle took a fourth round linebacker and Patrick Queen went with the next pick. Mm, That's a very (laughs) fair point. That's probably even worse. Yes. So if you want to see John and I depressed in about three months, that is where you'll find us on the YouTube. You know what's going to be great, though, is I'm not going to be depressed because I'm going to have a clear head because Seattle doesn't pick until pick 56. Oh, very nice. I'll be just clear head. I'm pretty sure that means you are going to be depressed because all the good picks are going to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Let me have this. Well, <laughs> I'll be depressed when I'm waiting for Kyle Pitts at 15 and they take some linebacker that I've never heard of. Because when, when Kyle Pitts goes two picks. Yes, or that. Absolutely. That's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, the offseason is going to be a ton of fun. Hopefully, you guys are sticking with us. If you haven't subscribed already in your podcast app, do it. As what are you well doing? On YouTube. Yeah, what are you even doing? Um, Can I tell you, Alex, Saturday I am for a rookie mock? 
Like I'm so ready start for that next week. Like let's go. Get into our draft breakdowns, all that stuff. It's coming. Subscribe and and just a little spoiler to all of you out there. Oh, we have some data dropping for the Patreon crew that is exclusive for oh. you all. I'm just going to put that out there. patreoncom oh. blast. If you want to support the team, that's how you do it. Extra Rrr. content coming your way. And on the website, ballblastfootball.com, you'll be able to find some really interesting rookie content dropping soon. I don't want to spoil it, but keep your eyes peeled over there. For Okada, for the newly uh, handled on Twitter, at John Helmkamp, and for myself, at Matt... Uh, no, not Evan. That's at the Fantasy <laughs> GT. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> Are you going to have to make the same move now? What's oh, going no, on no, here? no, no, no. You're not I'm interviewing sorry, Matt Mahomes, so you're fine. I, I thought about it like two days ago. I was like, Okada and I are both at... Matt Okada at John and I used to have a, a handle like that too, and I moved away from it. That's I think yeah. you're lagging, man. I think no, 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 holding strong, man. Uh, oh, also, God. I'm more rambling, so I don't even care at this point. But <laughs> I got a follow today, uh, this morning from someone that was Twitter handle was J underscore the fantasy reaper, the fantasy PT reaper. I don't oh know how to my. feel. That's scary. Feel. That's concerning. What is their AVI? I don't even look. I was just too. I threw my phone. Um, I, I'm worried. So, yes. I know your phone isn't working right now, but if you yeah. want to send me a message on Figure out your phone, fam. <laughs> Someone do a wellness check, please, in a couple yes. days. All right. We're officially off the rails. We're back next week for the 2021 rookie mock draft. Keep it locked up in here. Enjoy the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great game. We'll catch you guys next week. Until next time, we're the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.